Many of us have uh, memories of Christmases past. And uh, one of my earliest memories of a Christmas, I was very, very young. And uh, the whole family gathered in, at my grandmother's house in northern Wisconsin. Uh, so that would be, you know, the, the four daughters and son and the one son and then all of their kids and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The house was packed. And of course it was freezing, you know, and there was a lot of snow. And I remember this gigantic tree, well, northern Wisconsin. And by the way, when I say northern Wisconsin, I mean, you know, like, like 30 minutes from upper Michigan, northern Wisconsin. I don't mean Green Bay. They're southerners. I mean northern Wisconsin. Um, you can get a good pine tree up there. And I just remember the, this giant pine tree. And because we had so many people, when we woke up the next morning, the presence seemed to be as high as, as the tree. And knowing my mother and her sisters, they were probably cackling until the wee hours of the morning, thinking what the kids were going to think when they woke up and saw this. And indeed, it was amazing. There's other memories I have. Getting the Millennium Falcon for Christmas. The Millennium Falcon. I mean, those of you who know, know. That was like one of the coolest toys of 1979 or whatever. Um, gosh, how many other things do, do, do you remember about Christmas? But you're, you know, you remember those good, good things. Oh, one, I finally got the Atari 2600. <laughs> how many people had an Atari 2600? You know what I mean. The gamers today don't get it. Atari 20, it was amazing. But then there's other memories that are not so amazing, they're mixed. And even sad, I remember uh, uh, one Christmas, uh, my parents were over at the rectory, and, uh, and uh, we kind of lost track of dad while he had had a heart attack right before midnight mass. And so, of course, my mother and my sister and I are down at the, at the hospital into the wee hours of the morning. And once we knew he was stabilized, you know, and, and, and he was going to be okay, the first thing I said to him was, well, Dad, you ruined Christmas. <laughs> and, <laughs> and if you knew my dad, uh, you knew he laughed. Uh, but it was bitter, bittersweet, right? I mean, and then it's probably been seven years now since Dad died. And, you know, every Christmas since, it's a little bit less than it was. Um, it's not that it isn't Christmas, but when you can't be with the people you love, there's just an emptiness, you know. If you've lost someone, you know what I mean. But in this kind of year, all of us have lost a lot. You know, we've, we've lost a lot of time just being together. We've lost uh, seminal moments 
in our lives that normally we get to celebrate, things like graduations and proms and football games and, and simple things that, that mean a lot. And in a way, we're, we're so fragmented now. You know, I, I think of every, every time we, we, we have a broadcast, we have, we have a few thousand people who watch. And I think of us even here, you know, we're all spread out. Don't touch anybody. Don't breathe anyone's air. <laughs> and we want to be careful. Of course, we want to be careful. But it's a strange sort of alienation. And then, of course, we're outside, and some of you are in your cars, and all of you at home. It's not an ideal Christmas, it seems. And then I was thinking, well, and you've heard this said before, but I'll say it again, because I've run out of ideas. You know, that first Christmas wasn't very ideal. Mary and, who, who's the one who forgot to make the reservation? <laughs> I'm thinking Joseph. Mary wouldn't have forgotten. Joseph forgot. I, whatever happened, you know, that they, I, you can't imagine people, I don't know, I don't get the thing, you know, as, as far as how, how they didn't have a place to stay, but they didn't have a place to stay. And uh, they end up in, you know, what scholars think was probably more of a cave, you know, where the, the livestock were kept. And I'm pretty sure that this was not the ideal place Mary had thought of to deliver her child. And no doubt this is not the place that Joseph wanted it to happen. But sometimes things happen you don't want to happen, and you just have to do the best you can. And so Mary and Joseph welcome Jesus into the world in this sort of forsaken place, cold, smelly, dank cave. And here in this smallness and in this inopportune, if you will, place, less than ideal, the savior of the world is born. Jesus doesn't come to us sort of in the perfect moments because it's usually when things are going really, really well, we don't always make room for him. It's very often when things are not going well, or we recognize, we're brought to our senses, and, and we, we recognize the lack that we have, the need that we have for the divine, for God, for something transcendent. And then all of a sudden we create a space for God to come in. God comes in to our world in less than ideal circumstances. You know, the name Emmanuel means God with us. God with us. Not God far apart, you know, as it were in heaven or outside the created universe. God with us in the world. We do not have a God who left us alone. We do not have a God who abandoned us. We do not have a God who said, it's your fault. You clean up the mess. We don't have a God who, who doesn't get his hands dirty. 
we have a God who enters into all of it and says, I will not abandon you. I will not leave you orphaned. I am here for you. You can reject me. I'm still here. You can reject me for years. I'm still here. You can be dragged to Mass on Christmas, kicking and screaming by your wife (laughs) or your parents. And God says, I'm still here. I'm still here. You can rebel. You can condemn. You can lash out. And the Lord says, I'm still here with you. And even in our isolation, and even in our less than ideal circumstances, how, how alone so many people are this Christmas. They want to be with their families. They want to hug their grandkids. They want to see each other and enjoy just something small. You know, we'd, we'd give so much for just a small interaction. Our God has not abandoned us. He is with us in all of it. And you know what, despite the difficulties that all of us are, are engaged with right now, we have not abandoned each other either. And we will not abandon each other. And just like the Holy Family working through their own adversity, we will work through our own adversity. And this horrible year will come to an end. And a new day will dawn. And we will get through this as Americans have gotten through difficulties throughout history, as as human beings have worked through even much, much worse difficulties throughout history. And we will look back on this Christmas and we, we will see and know that God was there, that he did not abandon us, that we learned important lessons, that maybe we were brought back to our senses, that maybe we were... Uh, brought back to a realization of what's really important in life, whatever we needed to learn. But that our Lord Jesus is always here, is always with us, and is always moving us into greater and greater heights of goodness. Please stand. Amen.